This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. What's an episode we have planned for you today? Good morning. Hopefully your weekend is going great. I am one of your hosts here on Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Scatina. I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome back to the show Unholstered. So obviously we know what Sophia does. I represent the local media side as I host a news talk radio program here in Northeast Indiana, and together we have joined forces to share and tell and talk about all the things that don't often get discussed when it comes to law enforcement. And today, Sophia, I really, you know, I love a good drug conversation. I just always think it's so important that moms, dad, grandparents, just community members in general are are well aware of some of the drugs plaguing our community. And that's exactly what we're talking about today, xylazine. And this topic actually comes from an unholstered listener. She reached out and just said, hey, can you make the community aware of xylazine and i know we've touched on it before in previous episodes of unholstered which you can download any previous episodes of unholstered anywhere you download a podcast just search for unholstered but sophia i wanted to dedicate today's show solely to xylazine because i actually got to thinking about it from this listener from this listener and as i mentioned yeah we talked on it but we didn't really dive into just xylazine. We had lumped it in there with a bunch of other drugs that we were talking about. So what I'd like to do is kind of, you know, run through what it is, what some symptoms are. Does naloxone work, uh, you know, when paired with xylazine? All the, all, the, all the details, all the facts that we need to know about it. So first and foremost, I think it's important to start here. Where does it come from? So um, you're right. We have touched on this topic Briefly before, I think it was with Sergeant Mark Gerardo, he brought it up um, when we were talking about fentanyl. Um, And xylazine is a newer drug, at least to this part of uh, the country. We're seeing it sporadically, not a lot, just here and there. So um, when you say that, do you mean the Midwest or do you mean in Fort Wayne? In Fort Wayne. We've only seen it, you know, a handful of times. So it's not something that's really big in our community. We're still real heavy into the fentanyl um, in our area here. But what What's on the East Coast and what's on the West Coast comes to the middle eventually. So we probably will be seeing this drug, unfortunately, um, come to our area in the near future. So parents and caregivers and brothers and sisters and anyone who cares about people, uh, we want we want to inform you about this. So xylazine is originally a um, is a horse and cattle drug. It was originally approved in 1972 for veterinary use only. It has never been approved for use in humans. So um, it's kind of like in the in the form of like ketamine um, area. And ketamine is like a horse tranquilizer, right? It's like a right? horse tranquilizer, yes, yes. So this so, is kind of like that. Yeah, it has anesthetic effects, zombie-like effects. It's also called the zombie drug because it just kind of tunes people out. So maybe like a heavy sedative. And let me back up. And you said this has never been approved for humans? As far as I know, it's never been approved for humans. Um, This is a strictly, you know, veterinary use only. Um, The FDA has never approved it. So, but, you know, like ketamine too, it's it's in the veterinary realm as well. But humans have been using that for quite some time as well. I think this is like a heavier dosage of a ketamine. So it's, it's, it's not an opiate um, but it has those same kind of effects that an opiate does is that tranquilizer, sedation, kind of knock you out kind of thing. So is this easier to get your hands on than than a fentanyl? Because I feel like fentanyl has really been the topic of conversation. Now now we are seeing xylazine pop up here and there. 
is this is this replacing fentanyl or what is this replacing, I guess? So I think it's just you're seeing it as another component into pills generally. From my understanding, it's been it's not like you just pop a xylazine pill. I think they're actually introducing the drug into other pills as well with the fentanyl. So when we do those kind of lab tests on the pills, it comes back with all these different markers of all these different ingredients to it. I think xylazine has been thrown in with the fentanyl as if fentanyl isn't bad enough. So the, the one thing about xylazine, though, is like there's no it doesn't appear to have or I should say the effects of Narcan on xylazine exposure is not good. So it does not bring you back because it's not an opiate. Right. Um, So if it's mixed with an opiate, I think that's where we're seeing that it's helping. But if it's just xylazine straight, there's no Narcan. There's actually nothing that will bring you back. So you're done. You're done if you overdose on that. Wow. When do you feel like you started seeing it or hearing about it pop up within our listening area? I think it probably came on my radar probably six to eight months ago. Oh, so really fairly recently. Yeah, recently. Now, I've heard they've been talking about it on national news for a little bit with with the open border issue we have and the drugs coming over. We're seeing it pop up a little bit more, but it's contained on the West and East Coast primarily. And then, like I said, most of those things that start there end up in the middle of America. Well, then that's kind of my next question. And maybe you sort of answered it talking about the border. I mean, who who's manufacturing this? Where is it coming from? Well, I would assume like most other things, the precursors are probably coming. But I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say China. I'm sure it's coming from China as well. But I, I think it's easily made outside of the U.S. I'll I don't have the facts behind this, but I will probably say probably Mexico is the cheap drug making thing down there. And then it comes across the border um, into our country in the form of pills uh, mixed in with other drugs. Um, I, I don't know that they're straight xylazine pills, but I could be mistaken. I'm sure there probably are somewhere down the line. Um, and just in my experience, you know, um, I would say there probably are xylazine pills floating out there somewhere. I just we just have not seen them here yet. And it's normally in pill form. That, who, who who can tell? Uh, it could be liquid form. They could be lacing other things with it. I mean, there's so many things that they do with fentanyl that it just kind of opens my mind to any dr- other drug being used in the same way. So you can see them uh, putting liquid fentanyl form and in, in lacing marijuana and then selling marijuana that way. Um, it's just highly addictive because mm-hmm. it's an opiate. So once you start on that, then you just want more and more and more and more. You mentioned some really cool like CSI stuff, and we, we always talk about how we debunk all of the <laughs> all the misconceptions and all the myths that that movies and TV shows put out there. But I want to circle back to something you said. You said you you know you pop it into this machine and it comes back with what's all found and, and contained within one pill. Is that something that y'all do here, or do you do you send it out somewhere when you when you get these drugs that pop up? So we have some really cool technology here. So this is some real uh, legit CSI stuff. It's real stuff. legit CSI stuff. Now, to get the court um, approved lab results back, we do have to send them to the state police post and they do the analyzation there. However, we have technology here that gives us an indication of what we are looking at for those initial charges. So we can take this to our vice narcotics division and we have this really cool machinery that you put this kind of pill and you kind of laser it and 
it tells you what the chemical components are. It doesn't tell you the amounts of what is in there, but it gives you like an indication of what's in that pill. That's so cool. So you could go, so someone could take a pill and put it in there and it could be a legit prescription pill or it could be something that's made up to look like a prescription pill, but it has other components in there that are not in a prescription pill. So that way we know, is this an illegal pill or is this a legitimate pill just maybe not being used properly? So that's when we hear this a lot. You know, we we think in a scenario someone's doing meth, but then they've died from a, a fentanyl OD. And that's simply because what they were taking was probably not. Probably had fentanyl uh, in gotcha. it. And they thought it was. Or like, like, so what generally happens and where we get these a lot of these ODs, especially with these kids with the one time that they've used, mm-hmm. is they're seeking other pills like an Adderall or a Xanax or um, something like that. They're not thinking that this pill is a counterfeit pill made up of pure fentanyl. That's not what they're thinking it is because it's made to look just like the pill that they're seeking. And what they do is they take that pill then because it's given to them by someone, another friend or someone they trust or maybe someone that they think they can trust. Um, And it turns out to be something that it's not. And then that's when the OD happens. And hopefully you're around someone who has Narcan or someone that will call the um, 911 for you, hopefully. Um, But a lot of times we're seeing that sometimes these kids are alone when they do this. And Well, in the case of xylazine, right, even if they were near someone, let's say, with naloxone or, or whatnot, that's not going to work. It's not going to work on the xylazine. So let's talk a little bit more then about these symptoms and really dive into that. I know you mentioned it kind of has this zombie effect, um, but what other symptoms might someone, I'm calling them symptoms. I don't know what else to call them. <laughs> effects? I guess I don't really know what to call it. Um, but what other kind of effects does it have on humans? Well, there's some severe effects that it can ca- have on humans and and. When they call this a zombie drug, it's not only because it puts you in the anesthetic state, but it also can have detrimental effects on your limbs. Like people have lost limbs by the use of xylazine. So it it looks, if you like research pictures and you look up pictures of xylazine use, you can see it, it almost like eats away at your extremities. Um, and it's, they're like sores and they just kind of grow and they just eat. So Ugh. people have lost limbs with, with the use of this. Um, there's just, it's just no, there's just no reason why a human being should be taking this, period. Um, and it's kind of scary, you know, because there's so many things out there, flesh-eating things and that kind of stuff, just normally. Yeah, you and ain't kidding about the zombie effect. Jeez, you, you literally. This, this, like, zombie effect. Thing. I guess I feel like, too, I think about almost putting you to sleep like drooling and when I, I guess when I think zombie effect that's kind of what I think does it does it have the capabilities to do those yeah things too? so it's basically like a really heavy dose of sedative yeah. and you just get knocked out the problem is is when we take these kind of drugs they just they settle us too much and we stop breathing um, and then our heart stops that's the effects of an overdose of these kinds of things it's the sedative type qualities to these drugs so is so is it similar to fentanyl in the in, in the moment of you can take it one time and it kill you or is this long-term usage i guess it would depend on the amount that you're given and if it's coming from someone who isn't really measuring the amount they're just haphazardly <laughs> throwing stuff in stuff yeah then who's to know and who's to know what my level of yeah good point of that yeah. is um 
you know, are you used to taking sedatives? Are you used to taking opiates? Are you used to this kind of effect on your body from other drugs you've taken? Or is this your first time taking something like this? That's another reason. That's another way we um, we have all this overdose issue is, you know, what is your threshold um, to the drug? And everyone's is different. So no one could tell. So back to the to the naloxone, I do think because I, I don't want it to come across like we we are discouraging people to not administer naloxone in a no, case absolutely of, not. you know, some kind of drug was taken. So sure, it, it might not work necessary for xylazine, but xylazine and what you're telling me is usually taken. It's a component in some other form of drug. So you still would want to administer at times. You'll do no harm administering. Narcan. OK, you'll do no harm. Um, and if even if you did, you're covered by the Good Samaritan laws that we have here in Indiana. So, you and know, what are those? I don't know if people are aware. Yeah. So, if you are actually legitimately trying to help someone, like through CPR, administering save locks, a kid in a hot car, kind yeah, of, same anything thing. Yeah. like that, you're yep. covered by Good Samaritan laws that then protect you from criminal prosecution if you know you, the person ends up dying, and then you're like, well, you know, when you were doing CPR, you punctured a a rib and it struck something that mm-hmm. killed you tried to help someone and we understand that as members of the law community and you're not going to be prosecuted for that if it's if you're doing it in for the right reasons, right I mean, right of course don't go like trying to save someone you can't you don't know how to like performing a tracheotomy when you don't know how to do <laughs> that because you saw it on happen. tv <laughs> let's you know? hope that doesn't happen yeah so things like that but legitimately, like CPR, um, administering Narcan, those kinds of things, you're covered. Do we see that often this Good Samaritan use of naloxone specifically? There is an increase, and I'm happy to report a good increase of many, many people carrying naloxone just because you just never know. Um, I carry it with me all the time. I have one in my purse and I have one in my backpack. I have one in my... Now, you, you got to be careful. You keep one in your vest too, don't you? Yeah, in my, ve- my police vest, yes. Yeah. So so you got to be careful though because it is heat sensitive so you can't like leave it in your car all summer long and then expect it to work. Now, you can keep it in there. Uh, the effects of it might not be like it was, but use it anyway. It's better than nothing because it Maybe it's okay. You know, it depends. Well, this is a dumb question, but does it does it expire? It I mean, does you, expire. Oh, okay. So not a yes. dumb question. But if you still have it and it's expired and that's all you have, use it anyway. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you're going to do no harm with that. If, if it doesn't work, it's not going to kill you because it's expired um, in the potency. And that's just on their end to, to say, hey, we do have an expiration on this. But I have found sometimes that things still work past the respira- expiration date. I mean, I still drink milk. <laughs> You and me, you and me both, girlfriend. You don't want to know what I do with food I that just, should be thrown away. Yes, I just have to smell it first. If, it's, if it smells okay, then I'm like, oh, it's it. only two days old. It'll be just <laughs> yes, fine. It'll be fine. So what would you, I guess, encourage someone? Let's say, let's say you are with someone. You don't have Narcan on you. You don't know what they've taken, but clearly something's occurring here. What, what's your best advice to someone? Just immediately call 911? Call 911. Yes. Most of our officers do carry Narcan. We're usually within a few moments from you. Um, so definitely do that first. Um, even though they're going to dispatch the ambulance, they'll probably uh, call on the air for an officer who has Narcan and then we'll start making our way there. I mean, what about teachers? Do teachers carry Narcan? Man, if they don't, they should. Yeah. The school should. I don't... I. I don't know if they do or don't. I've never really had that discussion with some teachers 
um, that I, I know, should but start I probably that discussion. should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea because you just never know where kids, what kids are going to ingest and when they're going to ingest. Right. And, and most of it, I just, you know, I always want listeners to be aware of this because you, you hear from from so many people saying well that's not gonna be my kid oh, that's not yeah. gonna be my student a if lot I had of times a dime for every time right. someone said not my kid a lot of these times kids young people are consuming like you said they think they're popping an adderall to get through finals week right yeah. i mean they're consuming it on accident and in many times that one time is all it takes yeah so that's why i mean back to the teachers carrying it scenario i personally I think every teacher yeah should carry naloxone because you never know when it's going to be your kid yeah so on that note sophia how do we talk to our children about the severity of something like a fentanyl and a xylazine you know i'm going to go back and how i talk to my kids about it i just tell them. (laughs) I just sit down and have that conversation with them. Usually it involves when I've seen a story on TV and I can reference that story. I'm like, look, I said, and and I have this discussion now with my son, um, who's a senior in high school. And it's not every time he goes out, but it's a lot of times he goes out. I just remind him, look, no drugs, no alcohol. Drugs are not what you think they are. Do not trust anybody giving you anything. Um, If you are going to drink, I'm not condoning that, but don't compound a mistake by another mistake. Call me. You know, I was a kid. I know what it's like. I know what kids do. I mean, I want want to say it's not that far ago, long ago um, (laughs) that I was his age, but it was a hot minute. But I just want him to think I'm, you know, yeah, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be disappointed, but I want you safe. Mm -hmm. And that's the bottom line. Um, we'll talk about it, and you'll probably get grounded, but you'll be alive. Yeah, as so, you say, you'll be alive. You know, so I, I just have those frank conversations with them, and I just remind them, no drugs, no alcohol. I know, Mom, I don't. And and luckily for me, you know, I mean, we've talked about my kids on this show before. They've, they've, you know, they're adopted, and he's had a hard life. And I think he that's just not something he's into at the moment. Um, he's more into other things than the drugs or the alcohol, just not his style right now. But that doesn't mean it won't change, you yeah. know, tomorrow. Uh, he's a kid, like everybody else. Well, and I think this is an important topic, too. I mean, I know we're not quite into the fall just yet, but with fall comes Halloween and the handing out of all of the things, whether it be in school or trick-or-treating yeah. or at an event or a party. It's just kind of going back to that same old, it could easily happen to your kid or your teen or I don't know, you're a college student as well, and they don't even know it. Colleges are probably more, I think, susceptible to these kinds of things just because it's college. And there's so much more experimentation that goes on at college. So many more parties, so many more people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I go back. I mean, I'm like kick myself a little bit because, you know, you're talking about the here, take this, right? Like yeah. I can vividly remember at Penn State cramming through finals week so my roommate was like here i got some adderall i've obviously i trusted my roommate i've known her for years but still i'm like oh okay and i popped him but like how i think back of how stupid that was of me because i had no idea where she got them from right i don't even know if she knows yeah exactly where did she where did she get them you know (laughs) so i look back at that now and i think gosh i was lucky because i did it more than once you know and obviously aced my exams but (laughs) (laughs) but i mean yeah, but now it could cost you your life. It could cost you your life. And I would encourage parents, um, don't send your kid away with some Narcan. Is there an age limit for that? I mean, how? No. Okay. No. So um, anybody, anybody, anywhere, anytime it. can carry mm-hmm. it. Yes. Because it, it, it only 
reverses the effects. It won't like get you high or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I, I'd encourage, and if you if you're in a frat house, if you're a professor, if you're, um, it doesn't matter where you are in college. If your house should have one, your dorm should have one or several doses. Um, because sometimes we're seeing as people build up the tolerance to fentanyl, sometimes it's not one dose of Narcan they need. Sometimes it's two or three. Oh. Um, and you just got to keep giving until you kind of see them roll around a little bit. Uh, come to, I should say. and then, Or until medical professionals get there to take over. Do you ever wonder, Sophia, or find yourself wondering, you know, I'm thinking of xylazine and ketamine, the, these drugs that are not meant for human use in any way, shape or form. I mean, ketamine is a horse tranquilizer for Pete's sake. Do you ever wonder the first person who is like, hey, I'm going to try this? And why, you know, like, a, <laughs> yeah, patient zero. I'm, yeah. you wonder what they're doing to actually choose to try and take that. And at what dose? I mean, I guess you'd have to have some kind of pharmacological degree or something. I would th- you would think. I don't know. I don't know. Or it's, you just take a drop. I always am I'm so... I'm not good at math, so I'd probably OD if I was someone like that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, I wouldn't like, have a uh, I math terribly. I don't know terribly. how supposed to take. Um, but, you know, it, it, to a point, it's kind of laughable while we're sitting here. But on, on the other hand, it's quite it's not, tragic yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that someone feels that they need to just zone out of their life so much that way that they need they feel they need to take something like that that's just not approved for human use and you know it always it always goes back for me to the mental health of people mm-hmm. this country we've been through so much in such a short period of time and i think we're we're finally reaching the point where we're boiling over um mental health wise and really there's not a lot on the horizon um that we're doing to combat it and that that's worrisome for me because you know I, you know, I sit on the board of Three Rivers Yoga Foundation, and we do have resiliency training that we do, and we've we're starting to build that program up and take it into community. And man, these conversations you have with people—people people are hurting all over. And right now, we're starting with first responders, and it, you know, it's near and dear to my heart, of course. But it it just it's so worrisome because things that the traumas we experience here at the work bleed over into our personal lives and we just don't deal with them. We're human beings and we're not dealing with them Mm -hmm. like we should be, like the rest of America. And that boils over into issues with relationships and children and that ends up hurting us and our families and our jobs and it's just everything. So, and, and I know the rest of America is probably on the same path as we are. Yeah, that is so cool. I didn't know you guys did that. Resiliency training. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, so it's just trying to, you know, meet your emotional needs of what you need. Just set yourself in your values and then lead your life through that lens of, you know, figuring out what emotions you're carrying and then seeing them. And then making the choice mm-hmm. to keep them or let them go. Do you and offer it for non-first responders? We're building the program. Okay. So this is our like test phase right now with the program we've built. But we just finished up one group. We're, we're halfway through another group. And I tell you, we just finished the first group yesterday. Um, so it was eye-opening and enlightening. And I think they got a lot out of it. That is amazing. And I think it's going to be a good program moving forward. Yeah, especially after everything, like you said, we've been through in just the past couple of years. And yeah. there's all this talk about another COVID variant, which we won't oh, get into that. I know, but, I know. but boy, I think we could all use a little resiliency training. Yeah, you know, and it's really good. And I think we need to be self-aware and where we need help and not be afraid to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Even when we're strong and we don't want to ask for it, we need to 
realize that we need help sometimes. Really quick, because we're up against the clock, I kind of want to circle back to, to just what you're saying with xylazine. Yeah, it's primarily more along the West Coast, East Coast, but as we know, all those things kind of start to funnel here to the Midwest, right here to, to Fort Wayne, Indiana. You said he hasn't really been seen a ton yet, but is it safe to say, Sophia, over the next, I mean, what kind of time frame are we talking here? Three months, three years where this stuff's going to start popping up like fentanyl? Who can tell? Okay. I mean, who can tell? It mm-hmm. just depends on the distribution line and how what they're putting it in. So um, it could be here as early as the end of this year, or it could be here uh, in two years. Yeah. I, I couldn't really say. Um, but the fact is, it's coming. It's, it's I mean, it's already here it's in small amounts. here in small amounts, but... Like everything else, it'll just grow because we are demanding it. Because naloxone doesn't work for it, and I'm kind of really putting you on the spot for this, so you don't really have to answer if you don't know, <laughs> but would you say it's more deadly than, than fentanyl? I mean, I get that you have to take into consideration tolerance and how much a person's consuming, but I know with fentanyl, uh, the best way, I, I heard it from one of your guys, of how much can kill you if you tried to pour out two grains of salt in a salt shaker on your hand, boom, that's all it takes to kill you are those two grains of salt. Are we talking like a similar, I don't know, amount with with xylazine? Do we know? Well, cons- I don't know that per se, but I- I'll find that information out. Maybe we can bring back someone who's a little more well-versed in the drug world to talk about xylazine. I'd just be curious if it's going to take over the, the fentanyl and we're going to all of a sudden start <clears throat> hearing about these xylazine ODs because I feel like left and right we're hearing about fentanyl ODs. Well, if Narcan can't bring you back, then the... Yeah. Then the you know, obviously you're probably going to die if you OD on this unless you have immediate medical help, which most people won't because of the of when they're using and where they're using. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to no, – normally people don't call the police when they're ODing because they don't want to get in trouble for the drugs. So usually it's – if we do see an OD that's called in, I would say we see probably one versus three who don't. Interesting. Hmm. Um, just because people now have access to Narcan, they think – but you do need medical attention after the Narcan. You still need to see a doctor. And most people who do that don't. Yeah, that's the part that no one talks about, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that's a real problem. But I don't know the levels of the xylazine that you have to take. But but if you cannot be revived with Narcan, then I would say, yes, it's, it's probably more deadly. All right. It will be. Well, I'm gonna we're going to leave the topic of drugs just for this week. But if you want to bring back someone who knows even more about it, I'm all for spreading awareness about it. You know that. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's just... I don't know, my own personal uh, mission, I guess, if you will, to always talk about these things that are popping up. But next week, I want to touch, go back to guns. Yes, because here's why. (laughs) I don't even know if our listeners are aware. Uh, There's some folks in Indianapolis, particularly the mayor, pushing this. I'm going to call these words, and yes, it's kind of political, but I'm going to use the words gun control, a gun control ordinance. I mean, that really is essentially what it is. I kind of want to dive into that. And Sophia, I would love to get the local police perspective, because this kind of ties in a little bit of constitutional carry as well in terms of what Indy's trying to do to, to break away from that, if you will. Hence why I'm calling it a gun control ordinance. Um, but maybe we can dive into that next week. Yeah. That will be happening right here on Unholstered. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.